Hello, and welcome to the Purdue Ag Geekon podcast, the podcast for experts and innovators in agriculture. I'm Courtney Rodkey. On today's episode, Dr. Kilders and I have a discussion on Thanksgiving dinners with Purdue alum and food economist at Michigan State University, Dr. David Ortega. Stay tuned. Welcome. You're listening to the Purdue Agricultural Economics Podcast. I am your host, Valerie Kilders, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Courtney Rotke. Hello, Courtney. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm enjoying the transitioning to fall and looking forward to Thanksgiving, which I want to ask, do you have any family traditions for Thanksgiving that you're doing? Yes, I do. I'm actually really blessed. All of my family lives very close. So I'm lucky enough that on like the day of Thanksgiving, we typically do something with my dad's side. And then either the next day or Saturday, we do something with my mom's side of the family. And we all live like 20 minutes from each other. So that's our typical Thanksgiving plans. What about you? That's awesome. Well, I'm not from the U.S., so I've only discovered the awesomeness of Thanksgiving in the last couple of years. But I definitely say it mainly revolves around all the delicious foods I can get. So yeah, for sure, turkey, ham, love stuffing. So yeah, it's just a food fest for me, I would say. <laughs> well, talking about Thanksgiving, we are very excited to welcome Dr. David Ortega to our podcast. David is a food economist in agricultural economics at Michigan State University as well as a Purdue alumni. Welcome to the podcast, David. Hi, Valerie. Thanks so much for having me. How are you doing? Good. Things are going well. You know, getting ready for the holiday season, which is pretty wild to think about that it's already upon us. So things are moving quickly. <laughs> so. They, they certainly are. Now, can you tell us a little bit maybe about your background? I mentioned your Purdue alumni. I'm sure our listeners want to hear how someone from here made it all the way to a professor at Michigan State. Yeah, so I, I did my graduate work at Purdue, and that's after I finished my undergrad at the University of Florida. Did both my master's and PhD in agricultural economics. Terrific experience. It was, you know, sort of one of the highlights of my academic careers being at Purdue with my cohort and, and the professors there from which I learned a ton. And when I was there, I was doing a lot of work. He's mainly in China, looking at U.S. exports to China and emerging markets for U.S. agricultural products. And very fortunate to find a faculty position soon after graduation here at Michigan State, where I've been able to continue to grow my, my research program and expand a little bit to other parts of the world and different aspects of the global agri-food system. And, you know, very recently, been using my expertise and knowledge of uh, things that I learned at Purdue and here to try to make sense of what's happening with our food system and how the various shocks are affecting different things, including you know, prices as we head into the Thanksgiving holiday. Awesome. Well, thank you. Well, that is very interesting. I'd like to say thank you for joining us today. It's always awesome to hear from some Purdue alum. And this is my first year as a student co-host on the podcast, but I know we have a long-standing tradition of breaking down the cost of Thanksgiving dinner and how that kind of changes through the years. Could you maybe help our listeners understand what they can expect for this year's Thanksgiving feast? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's not a surprise to, to anyone that's been to a grocery store lately that, you know, prices are up. 
and they're up significantly this year. So we're looking right now at grocery prices being just over 12% more expensive than this time last year. And if you recall last year, we were also looking at that time things being you know, significantly more expensive than the year prior because of, you know, COVID disruptions and all these things. So it's no, it's that it's going to be a, you know, an expensive Thanksgiving holiday when it comes to putting food on the table. So are all of these prices still higher because of what we saw with COVID in 2020, 2021, or what are some other reasons maybe why we are seeing the steady increase of prices? Yeah, so there's really a variety of factors that have really kind of come together and are in each other, so to speak. So the first one, as we've talked about, is we can't forget about the effects that COVID had on the food and agricultural supply chains and the labor market, energy prices, fuel, fertilizer. All of these things were on the rise prior to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which is another big factor that I'll get into in a minute. So, you know, these rising costs add to inflationary pressure on food prices. And then we have, you know, Russia's war and invasion of Ukraine, which affected commodity markets earlier this year and has contributed to the current world food and energy crisis. Now, that region is known as the breadbasket of Europe, and it's a major supplier to the world for things like wheat, corn, sunflower oil, which is a, a type of vegetable oil. And for Better part of this summer, Russia prevented a lot of the grain and exports from leaving those Black Sea ports. Now that grain deal has allowed some of the grain to start moving out of the region and those commodity prices have come down substantially from their record highs earlier this year. But it takes time for some of these reduced costs to make their way down to the grocery store. And then, you know, it's important also to note that when we look at food, the actual ingredients in our food makes up a very small fraction of overall costs. So on average, roughly 16 cents out of every dollar that's spent on food can be tied back to on-farm activities. Everything else, the vast majority of the cost of food can be attributed to things like, you know, processing, transportation, as well as the wholesale and the retail trade. And we've seen cost and prices there, you know, also rise over the last year or so. Gotcha. So if we're looking maybe at things currently, everyone's talking about the railway strike that we might see. So that could pose another challenge. So we might even see prices continuing to rise. What do you think? Well, well yeah, so there's certainly, you know, a lot of uncertainty out there with some of these factors. You know, another big one is climate change and adverse weather. You know, we're seeing drought and heat out west, you know, especially over the last couple of years out in California, the Pacific Northwest, but also in other important agricultural producing regions in the world. Our neighbors in Canada, South America, you know, have dealt with adverse weather for the last couple of years. Even this summer, looking at Europe, the extreme heat and droughts, China also experienced one of the hottest and driest summer on record. And it's not just, you know, the heat and drought leading to lower yields or reduced productivity, you know, which puts upward pressure on prices, but it can add to these supply chain logistics and, and, and effects that we've seen, you know, looking at the water levels in the Mississippi River, you know, they're very low. It's causing a lot of congestion of the barge traffic that's moving a lot of our agricultural output. And so when you put that on top of the supply chain issues that we saw with COVID, 
the uncertainty surrounding, you know, this railway strike, which is resurfaced again, you know, a lot of this gets reflected in, in increased costs along the supply chain and, and the food industry. So that sounds like out West and California, like you mentioned, and then the Mississippi River, how does that affect us clear over here in the Midwest? Well, so when we look at a place like California, a lot of our produce comes out of those regions and, and that part of the country. You know, the Mississippi River is a major waterway in the U.S. where we get a lot of movement into agricultural output. A lot of, you know, from the Midwest gets funneled through that, that river. And so there's also transportation costs in terms of getting the food in that part of the country to, you know, places like Indiana, Michigan, the Northeast. And so when we see some of these supply chain issues trying to emerge that are increasing the cost of transportation, you know, that gets reflected ultimately in what we pay at the grocery store. Interesting. Now, with that being said, all this geographic diversity that we have in terms of how climate change and supply chains are affected, are there any foods that you say that are particularly affected by the inflation or and why would they particularly be affected? Yeah, so I mean, we're seeing prices rise across the board, you know, when we go to the grocery store and you know, looking at Thanksgiving, you know, turkey is the first thing that comes to mind is that staple at the Thanksgiving dinner. And we're seeing poultry and turkey prices up significantly this year. And that has to do, you know, so some of these factors that we talked about, increased costs of transportation, increased labor costs also affects things like turkey. But a big factor here is the high path avian influenza outbreak that we experienced this year, the bird flu outbreak which has been a contributing factor in increasing poultry and egg prices. So this year's outbreak has affected over 40 million birds, many in commercial operations. And when it comes to Turkey in particular, it's really affected over 7 million turkeys this year. So we're seeing, you know, the price of turkeys are going to be up anywhere between 15 and 20%. The price of eggs in particular has been exceptionally high. Currently, eggs today are more than 40% more expensive than they were last year. And we've seen that level of price increase over the past few months. You know, that's a significant um, increase in number to think about, you know, eggs being 40% more expensive. But you look at staple items when it comes to cooking the holiday meal, things like butter, you know, that's up almost 27%. And you know that's due to things like increased cost of feed and for cattle and just sort of the cost of growing, you know, livestock has increased transportation costs, labor costs are up. And so that's, you know, that's the contributing factor there. You know, when we go back to some of the things that we've talked about at West with regards to adverse weather, potatoes are, you know, 15% more expensive today than last year. Some of that has to do with bad weather out west where the potatoes are grown. Flour is up 25%. Some of that has to do with disruptions to the wheat market from the conflict in Ukraine, but, you know, sort of the fallout from that and other costs that go into the production of some of these staples. I'm glad you brought all of that up, but it seems like in addition to those price increases you were just talking about, we're also facing some shortages of some products. One thing that some of my roommates and I have actually noticed the last few weeks we've been grocery shopping is like butter shortages. Is there going to be an impact on turkeys and other things like butter that are just used in those, all those recipes for the Thanksgiving foods that we make? 
Well, so, you know, it's important to keep in mind that, you know, we still have sufficient production of these items um, here in the U.S. There's just less of this available for various factors. And it, you know, really is, you know, product or categories specific. So we have some supply shocks that we've talked about, but we also have increased demand for these products, especially as we head into the holiday season when there's a lot of baking taking place. And so, you know, you have reduced uh, supply, increased demand, you know, that adds to, you know, upward pressure on prices. And, you know, when we look at prices, there is sort of the, the market's way of allocating, you know, a product or resources. And so when we have less of a product available, price increases to be able to get that product to consumers. Gotcha. So we'll still be able to get a turkey and hopefully get some butter because, you know, everything tastes better if it's cooked with quite a bit of butter. It just might be a little bit heavier on our budget. That is right. So, you know, I, I foresee there will be still butter at the grocery store. You'll be paying more for butter. That's for sure. You know, I don't foresee a shortage of turkeys. Now, you may not be able to find a specific type of turkey. You know, whether you're looking for a specific size, you know, that might be in short supply. But, you know, there should still be plenty of birds for people at the grocery store. You just might be paying more for them than you have in the past. And I say might because, you know, turkeys are a unique type of product when it comes to the way that grocery retailers place them and, and promote them. And, you know, turkeys are the classic example of a loss leader, meaning that traditionally, and it'll be very interesting to see, you know, what happens as, you know, we approach the Thanksgiving holiday, but traditionally certain grocery retailers tend to price turkeys below cost in order to draw consumers into the store so that they buy other things like the stuffing, the pies, um, the cranberry sauce. And so, you know, I still anticipate that certain retailers are going to be running promotions on turkeys. And so it's really going to pay off to sort of shop around and see what the various supermarkets in your area are offering turkeys for and any sales and promotions that they may be having. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely one of those shoppers that if I have to brace the holiday onslaught of people, I will go to one store and get everything there because I don't want to have to do that twice. Right. Moving on, with the greater diversification in our diets, do you see any impact of trends such as veganism or other food trends on what's offered in stores and what is bought by consumers more? Well, so, I mean, there's definitely, you know, the food environment is very dynamic. You know, preferences change depending on things that might be available. And, and there's sort of new product introductions all of the time. But when it comes to Thanksgiving, you know, it's, it's a very, it's one of the most, if not the most American holiday that I can think of, right? Everybody or most people, right, pictured sort of the Norman Rockwell painting where you have the family gathered and there's a big turkey on the table. And so people are going to be purchasing, for the most part, what they've been doing traditionally. You know, the turkey, the, the uh, side dishes, the pies. But we do have a segment of the population that doesn't eat poultry or meat products. But it's a small portion of the population. So, you know, vegans make up around 2% of all Americans. Um, vegetarian around 5%. And, you know, one of the great things about the American food system is that there's tons of innovation and there's new product development and companies are there 
catering to different preferences and different needs. And there are alternatives for these individuals that, you know, may not be eating turkey during Thanksgiving. You know, I've, I've gone to the grocery store and there's tofurkey there, right? Sort of a tofu alternative to turkey. Or I've seen people cook up sort of mock turkey out of a cabbage and these things. And so, you know, those things are there, of course, and they're catering to a unique subset of the broader population. But by and large, you know, people are going to cooking that turkey, the mashed potatoes, the gravy, the pies, and sort of the traditional staple Thanksgiving products. Now, a little bit of an easier question for the end. How does your typical Thanksgiving dinner look? Are you going to cook up a turkey? Yeah, so, well, this year, you know, so our families were are sort of, you know, my side of the family is um, in the Midwest. They live in Wisconsin. My in-laws are actually here in Michigan, so we'll be going to their house for Thanksgiving this year, which sort of gives me a break from cooking the meal. I, I love to cook, and my wife and I usually tackle the Thanksgiving meal, but, you know, we'll have turkey. I love sweet potatoes during Thanksgiving and, and cranberry sauce, so very much looking forward to the holiday coming up. Yeah, well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners will be interested in hearing all of this complex web of interactions that is leading our prices to go up. But good news, we'll have turkey and we'll have butter. That's right. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Purdue Agricultural Economics Podcast. You can visit the department at www.agicon.purdue.edu. Have a great day and happy Thanksgiving!